What's up, everybody? The Blue Line Outdoorsman Corey and Burke here with Professional Angler Colton Posey, and today we're probably going to go over some. What do you think? Fall baits. Man. Fall baits. It is fall. People are bass fishing still, even though I'm in the woods. I'm not on the boat no more. You're a weenie. Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you was telling me earlier you went and caught some fish today. Yeah. Uh, Where'd you go? Bear Creek. Bear Creek. Yeah. I like that. That's a good lake. I like that lake yeah. a lot. Well, we were actually planning on going to uh, Pickwick or Wilson to catch uh, some smallmouth. And my dad canceled on me, so uh, um, my wife's dad uh, wanted to go, and he wanted to go close, so we went to Bear. And uh, Largemouth or spot? Which one? Both. 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 I mean, dude, it was fun. Because, like, when we first got up there that morning, like, it was cloudy. Like, you know, the gas station where you're going to get your permit or whatever. So, we pull up and it's cloudy. I'm like, look, they're going to be smoking top water all day. So, I've got the whopper plopper. I've got, you know, a buzz toad. I've got everything tied on for top water. Mm -hmm. We get to the boat ramp and the sun pops out. It, it was like a movie. The clouds just started disappearing and it just got bluebird. <laughs> So we were automatically like, oh crap. So we started retying everything. And uh, we uh, we get to fishing for a little while and we get a couple bites, but nothing big. And then I catch one that's like the size of the bait that I'm using, which is very small. <laughs> and uh, we uh, get to moving around a lot. And man, we got on some giants. What was he using? Um, well, Donald, he was using a uh, shaky head. And... Um, the shaky head was made by Milligan Bates. It was uh, it was a regular screw lock shaky head. I think it was a three sixteen ounce. Mm -hmm. It was just using a black trick worm, and uh, I was using a Rapala DT ten crawdad crankbait, and I would get up under the bridge pilings, and just make as far as the cast as I could and follow the wind down with the crankbait, let it scrape bottom, mm -hmm. and man, you feel them rocks as soon as it come over it right, yeah. bam. But well, how many did you end up catching? We end up catching six, but um, our biggest three would have brought us somewhere around eleven or twelve pounds. Yeah, that's that's pretty good for that lake. I know oh, that's yeah. a that's a smaller lake, and it gets pressured real real heavily in the summertime with all those small tournaments up there. Was was there a lot of people out there today? Or yeah, there was a lot. It was yeah, I mean there wasn't a whole lot of fishermen out there. We probably saw like five or six boats, but. As far as like pontoons and ski boats, pleasure boaters. Yeah, man, it was it was annoying. Yep. But I mean, we had fun. Oh, which that's the biggest thing. But uh, you know, this time of year up there, six, seven, eight pound, five fish limit wins a tournament. You know. Yeah. So. And some are sometimes it's even worse than that. I've seen one fish win a tournament up there. So what you're telling me is if you'd have been in a tournament today, you would have smoked them. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Not to brag or nothing, but I think I would have brought home the back. number one <laughs> spot today. <laughs> Man, we did find out today there's this dude that fishes those tournaments up there all the time. And uh, they finally caught him cheating. Oh. You know who I'm talking about? The one in the yellow... Skeeter boat. The yellow Skeeter boat. Oh, Over. yeah, I remember him. Yes, they caught him cheating. Apparently, man, he would fish up there all week and catch fish and stock the creeks with the bigger fish that he caught mm -hmm. and go back and try to catch them during the tournament, and most of the time he would. Another thing they caught him doing, oh, he fished a tournament up there at Mondi. One of the guys caught him picking up baskets that he had put out with fish in them. Dang. Yeah. And some of them guys actually still let him fish. I would. I'd, be, I'd abandon. <laughs> no I'd abandon from the tournament. No but way. you're untrustworthy, man. You know now. Now, every, since they let him fish, every time he weighs in a bag, they're going to be second guessing if he really caught them fish then, or if he had them strung out somewhere. Well, you know what's funny? He's been doing it for years, and when I would go up there and fish, I would spank him without even practicing. <laughs> well, so. some guys, you know, just have all the luck. I don't know if it's luck, but. Oh, he's actually the one that tried to accuse me of cheating. Oh, I remember that. You remember me telling you about yeah, that? Yeah, and that kid followed you around trying to figure out Dude, what he was using. Well, the, the biggest... Took up for you. Man, the biggest thing was, like, everybody's running all over the lake. 
And I get out there, and, you know, it was that old bumblebee I had. I had a ton of money in it, but the motor didn't run worth a crap. I remember that. You couldn't hear after you cut the motor off. No, that was a Sprint. The, the Sprint was the one that you had. Off. It sounded like somebody cut the catalytic converter off that thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Oh, well, um, well, actually, my motor wouldn't crank a couple times that I went up there. Mm-hmm. So I just dropped the trolling motor and started fishing. And I guess from them having tournaments so much, around the docks were just stocked oh, yeah, up with fish. fish. Especially right there, you know, at Twin. That's where I'm talking about. Yeah, they they released some fish right there at the yeah. boat launch at Twin, and they just gathered around that bridge right there beside it. And yeah, well, I was sitting there, I mean, two nights in a row, man, I just threw a jig all night, and I mean, I'd catch 10 or 11 pounds with five fish yeah. and win the tournament, and that dude was like, hey, man, he's cheating, blah, 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 and that kid was like, hey... Look, I followed him around. I saw what he was doing. He didn't even crank up. He just went down through there with a jig. And I'm like, dude, shut up. You ain't got to tell him I'm not doing with a jig. Just tell him I wasn't cheating. You yeah. know? Like, golly. Quit giving away all my secrets. Yeah. That's the same night. Yeah. Oh, oh, I nearly hit a deer with a boat. There's a deer floating out there in the middle of the lake. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know you're good at catching stuff that you ain't supposed to be catching. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I've seen you catch ducks on accident i've seen you catch a black lab on accident and that's a that's a story for a, a, a different time yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> things should be in the water yeah but let's do this let's go over see it since it's fall let's go over top five fall baits to catch bass on Okay. Let, let, what we'll do, we'll start at the top of the water column and work our way down. So, start off, let's, let's do top water. What, if you were going fishing tomorrow and if the top water bite was on, what would you, what would you throw? On the lake, I don't know nothing about or just... We'll do this on a lake you're not familiar with. Okay. All right. Lake... That way, that way, whoever's listening can kind of get an idea because... We're not going to give them a whole lot of insight on the lakes. You you know, you've got pattern to a T. Yeah. Because they might be going somewhere that the fish are completely different. Yeah. yeah I got you. Oh, one of the things I love to do, especially when the fish start moving, you know, that fall transition, they're either at the mouths, the middle, or the backs of the creeks. Either way, this technique works perfect. That's a Strike King Buzz Toad or a War Eagle Buzz Toad. They're about the same. The War Eagle's just a little bit cheaper. Now, that's like, a, that's like the buzz bait except... It's you. You lose the skirt. You just add one of the, like the swimming frogs. Right? Actually, you lose the skirt and the head. Okay. It's literally just the buzz part, no clacker, wire and the hook. That's it. You so, just, so just a blade, wire and hook. That's all it is. Yes, and, and one you just of the, add the toad. Yes, and one of the toads that I add that I think that helps me, um, especially with a lot more luck, because I've seen people throw buzz baits go all the way down the bank, may go behind them and catch fish behind them. I actually swap my toads out from a either a Strike King toad or a if I'm using War Eagle with their toad on there. I actually swap mine out to the Yum Horny toad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's a lot more limber bait. It's a lot softer. It's got a lot more give and wiggle in the water. A lot more action. A lot more action. So. Okay, and you gonna throw that? Are are is it weedless? Can you get Absolutely. it hung up? It is weedless. So. <clears throat> Early in the morning, you're throwing that, and what are you doing? You pulling it through grass? You throwing it in the grass, or you go run it down the front of the grass? What are you doing? If I'm on a lake I'm not familiar with, I'm starting in the shallowest cover I can possibly start in. Okay. So the grass that's right up against the bank, the logs that are right up against the bank, I'm throwing that toad. If I can hit the bank with it, I'm going to hit the bank with it and bring it off the bank through the water. Now, that will tell me where the fish are positioned at that moment. That doesn't mean they're going to be like that all day. That just means that that moment they're in this position. So if I'm pulling that toad from the bank out towards, you know, the boat, if I'm sitting out in the middle and casting mm-hmm. towards the bank, um, and I get bit halfway, I make uh, kind of like a note in my mind, okay, I got bit halfway out. Well, I mean, you do all the time, yeah. you know. Um I'll keep going, and the same thing happens. I know those fish are about midways out. So let's just say I'm sitting in 10 foot of water, and I keep getting bit in 5 foot of water. Mm-hmm. That's where they're blowing up. 
I will actually position my bow into five foot of water and cast straight ahead of me, and that way my lure is covering that strike zone the whole time. So you're keeping, so you'll position your boat, keep it in five foot of water the whole time, and increase your chances of getting a bite. If they're in five, foot if of they're water. in five foot of water, yes. Okay. If it's three, same thing with three, two, you know, so on and so forth. Okay. Now, since you can swap the toads out, mm-hmm. and you know normal buzz baits you have to if you want to change colors you have to cut your line retie of course with the toads you don't have to cut your line at all i guess you can just take the toad off and replace yes uh, the toad that's on your hook just like you do at uh texas rig so okay so what colors with the toad would you go with would you would you go with the more natural look or i know with regular buzz baits i've had more luck with solid black so okay. so what how would you approach that? That all depends on the season and the water clarity. So this time of year we all know if you have shad in your lake or thread fin or any type of shad or minnows, you know they're gonna be chasing them this time of year. Whites. Whites. Whites are perfect. Um early morning when it's still dark, I like throwing a black horning toad. Those low light situations, they can see it um, easier because it's dark. Yeah, it, it's just um, it's a contrast thing. Okay. Um, basically, it, you know, outside, it it's still kind of dark, but there's that light. If you think about it like this, if I'm holding the fish tank above me in kind of a little bit murky water, and I'm looking up, and there's a little bit of light coming through, that black is going to really pop, coming across. Right. Because the biggest thing is I don't really want them to exactly see what it is, but I want them to know it's there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, you want to you get a reaction strike out exactly. of it. Exactly. Okay. I, I don't want them to get a real good look. Now, by the time the sun starts popping up, let's say it's like 7, 7.30, the sun's up pretty good, you can see really far, I'm throwing white. White. Immediately swap to white. Now, if they're still smoking the black really good, like coming up and getting the full hook mm-hmm. in the toad, I'll stay with that, you know, but if you see them, they start coming up and barely missing it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but if they start coming up and blowing up on it and missing it, then obviously I go to the white. Right. And another thing that I do to help my chances, I either use a Gamakatsu stinger hook or I use a, um, just a regular like spinnerbait trailer hook. Hmm. So. Okay. That'll increase your chances. So, you say black, you're talking about... Of course, you're talking about solid black. Yeah. And when you say white, you're talking about solid white or like solid a sexy color? White. Solid white. Solid white. Now, um, if you, here's another thing, um, which I'm glad you brought that up. If you're on a lake or river that's predominantly, there's no shad or anything like that, you know they're feeding on brim and crawfish this time of year, take that white buzz toad and get you a marker, like a you know, a dye marker that mm-hmm. you use to paint your soft plastics with. Yeah. Touch up the tails of it with chartreuse. Okay. Yeah, that'll give it that brown, you know, imitation. What, what about, like, the natural frog color that they have out? Yeah, that's that's really good, but um, I typically don't use that till around the spawn time. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so. All right. I, I try to stick to the shag colors of, um, this time of year. Okay. That's where what most of your big fish are feeding up on the store up for the winter before they move back out into the mains. Okay. All right. Well, that's is is that the only top water lure that you you throw, or do you no. swap back and forth this time of year, or is that something that you try to stick to? Um, it just depends. You know, if I think the it's all a gut feeling thing. Um, if I feel like the fish are not exactly wanting the buzz toad, I'll swap something like a whopper plopper. Um, you know, sometimes they want a buzz bait with the clacker on it. So sometimes I like I've got my booyah buzz baits mm-hmm. with the clackers. I just rip the skirts off of them. I put the toad on them. And I know I've caught then, a lot of good fish on those. Yeah, yeah. Well, the good thing is too, using the buzz toads and using the uh, buzz baits with the clackers. Um, but you take the skirts off. I can actually skip that lure up under docks and stuff. Okay. So, you know, I can get in hard places where a lot of people can't even get to. Right. Or don't even think to get to or try to get to, you know. That's usually when you're going to catch a kicker. So, next in the water column, what would you call it? Shallow running or shallow diving? Shallow diving crankbaits. Okay. 
Yes. So, what would you suggest on the well, it just crankbaits or any baits that just run shallow like that, or is there a specific type of fishing that you like to do there? Me personally, I like square bills. Mm-hmm. Um, they um they imitate the shad really well, and with all the technology we have now, there's tons of different ones that'll help you know create your own success on the water. Right. Um, there's two square bills that I really really like throwing this time of year. That's the Lucky Craft in shad colors and like uh, again that goes with water clarity you know if it's real clear water i want something that's translucent if it's something or if it's muddy i want something that's like a real bright white Mm -hmm. or black one of the two um i preferably stick to the whites in muddy water it gives a lot more contrast it's like a glow around the bait Mm -hmm. they see it from a you know, they can't see it from far away, but they can see it from a distance right. uh, more than they can the black. Um, and there's two different kinds that I throw. Like I said, I use the Lucky Craft and I use the Rick Clun series rattling crankbaits. Um, your Lucky Crafts, they're going to be silent, um, which they do have a deep rattle, one that's, you know, available, but yeah. it's like 12 bucks. And the Rick Clun series is basically the same thing. It's just like $4 less. Yeah. So, um, the, um, you know, when the water's clear and, um, it's bright blue, sunny skies and, or e- even if it's overcast, as long as the water's clear, use your translucents or your whites with a little bit of chartreuse. Oh, uh, just nothing real, real, real deep. You know what I mean? Um, when it's muddy, the Rick Clun Rattling Series, perfect. So... Pulling up to a lake that you've never fished before, you don't know nothing about this lake, and you're going to use a shallow diving square bill. What what you what are you throwing right off the bat? The first thing you're putting in the water to try to figure this stuff out and color. Okay, water is it muddy or is it clear? We'll say it's an average day. It's like it's a not a clear lake. Most lakes I know you fish Smith Lake a lot, and that's a crystal clear lake i'm mm. let's let's say something like bear creek it's not it's not crystal clear but it ain't muddy it's just average it, whites and chartreuse whites and chartreuse yeah when i say whites and chartreuse i mean the whole crankbait being white mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of blue or black on the back and then the chartreuse stripe okay and for those of you who don't know what chartreuse is pretty much yellow yeah so <laughs> neon yellow yeah um I know there's a lot of different sizes in the square bill. What size are you going to start out Match with? Match the hatch. Match the hatch. So I start gonna... small, and when I catch a fish, I'm constantly looking at its mouth or looking behind it to see if it's throwing up shad. And then once I get my eyes and see how big the shad are, mm-hmm. that's when I decide on the size. Okay. If we're talking real small minnows, 1.5. We're talking big thread fin shad or gizzard shad, 2.5 or bigger. Okay. All right. Let's say the fish aren't hitting real shallow right now. Okay. About medium depth. That's what we had today, 10, 15 foot. 10, 15 foot. Okay, so that works out perfect. Yeah. What, what are you going to use the, in medium medium depth on the medium depth bite? There is um, two products that I really love to throw in the 10 to 15 foot range. Um, number one, the... Um, uh, Rapala DT series mm-hmm. or spinnerbait. I like that spinnerbait fishing. Yeah. You know I like that spinnerbait fishing. Um, one thing about the Rapala DT series, they're wooden. A lot of people don't know that. They okay. think they're plastic baits. They're not. They're actually wooden. So the rattles inside that system, that lure, has a completely different sound than any other lures. That's the reason the DT series has been around since Moby Dick was a minnow. So... Now, that bait you're talking about, the Rapala, is that a crankbait? Yes. That's a crankbait? That is a crankbait. Okay. Um, what about jerkbaits? Yeah. This... Yeah. Um, that's another thing I was going to get to. The jerkbait, it's... Um, that all really depends on, are the fish grouped up or are they scattered? If okay. they're scattered, I'm sticking with the DT series like what happened today. If they're grouped up, the jerkbait, man. Just 
uh, the Smithwick series, the Rogues, the Spro Mike McClellan series, the uh, Strike King KVD series. They were all three great um, jerk baits. That's not gonna kill your pocketbook, but they all catch fish. They all so, have their own place and time. Right. So, are the fish more aggressive when they're in that group like that? Yes. Is that why well, you throw the jerk bait? Because they're they're trying to compete to get that. Well, it depends on how they're positioned. If they're kind of all clumped together, they're not going to be close together and they're not going to be scattered. If they're kind of like a ball, if mm-hmm. they're in a ball shape, a lot of times, that's when you want to That's by looking at your graph to figure yes. out. Okay. Yeah, if if they're grouped up like a ball, yes, you're, you're wanting to throw that jerkbait because more than likely, just like you said, they're going to be competing for that food that's mm-hmm. in that creek. Yeah. Okay. Um, if they're kind of spread out horizontally on the bottom, you know, the chances of them coming up and hitting a jerkbait is not real likely. They're, they're in that kind of funk, I guess you would say. Right. Um, a lot of times that's when you want to throw your DT series where you can get down there and use that crankbait to scratch the bottom because there's two things that's going to happen. They're either going to eat it or they're going to have to get out of the way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Another thing, if those fish move out and they're suspended in the water column horizontally, that's when your spinnerbaits come into play. Mm-hmm. That is when you want to use it. Because I can, if I'm using a 3-8-ounce spinnerbait, I throw it out there, I'm able to count that down. I see the fish on my graph, I know they're 10 foot. I, call, or I count my spinnerbait down 1, 2, 3, all the way down to 10. Once it hits 10 foot, slow reeling it. You know, um... Now what blade, what blade on spinnerbait, you get, I know you got your, your willow leaf and your Colorado blades and you got your double willow leaf. What what blades are you throwing this time The only thing you need to remember is willow blade. Well, that's, that's it. That's, that's it. all you need to remember, willow blade. If it's sunny outside and the water's pretty clear, silver. If the water's muddy, gold. That's okay. it. I mean, it's as simple as it gets. Now, is the colors going to stay the same like... The, the top and the shallow diving that you described, is it going to be black and white? or It is actually the same as I was talking about the square bills. Okay. So if the water's muddy, I want something with a lot of contrast. If it's clear, I want something very natural. Okay. You say like yeah. the white, a little bit of chartreuse, mm-hmm. you know, or um, if it's muddy, I want something straight up chartreuse or white or, you know, black. Yeah. One of them. So, so, all right. Well, we're going to go to a quick break here. Uh, we'll be back with our new segment we like to call Story Time, where we will tell one or two stories about hunting or fishing, something from our past that we've done or encountered. Come on. <laughs> and uh, after that, we will get back to this topic and give your last two baits, and we'll discuss that. So stay with us. What's up everybody, professional angler Colton Posey here, and I want to talk to you about Rugged Jigs. It's the champion's choice. That's what keeps me successful on the water. These are homegrown people, good people. Check them out at www.ruggedjigs.com. Welcome back, guys, and welcome to our new segment we like to call Story Time, Story Time, Story Time. And today our story is going to be from a long long time ago i'm talking about barely got a driver's license long time ago <clears throat> like one hundred and fifty thousand <laughs> calories ago <laughs> oh okay so this was back before before boats before sponsorships all that good stuff back when we had what two fishing poles a piece yeah, and a tackle and, bag that weighed 50 pounds. And a tackle, hey, I was serious about my tackle now. <laughs> I had My tackle bag that I had across my shoulder is probably bigger than the cooler. Yeah, absolutely. But, so we used to just hop from pond to pond back when we was younger. Walk miles and miles through Walked a long ways just to catch a fish, like. If you told me we was going to go do that tomorrow, I would tell you no. We're yeah, not doing that's that because we're old. <laughs> out of shape. I'm out of shape. <laughs> well, I'm very out of shape. I feel out of shape. I mean, I take my shirt off. I look like a busted Bella Hay. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that in here in just a minute. Um, so, we used to walk around these strip pit ponds around here where we live. 
And uh, we got permission from uh, one of the owners of the strip pit ponds to, you know, park on his property and walk out through there. He didn't want us driving. So we parked on his property and we carried what we had. How many fish? What? We had only four fishing poles between us. Between us. So we carried four fishing poles. I carried my gigantic tackle bag. I carried my gigantic tackle bag. Yeah, it was like, it's ridiculously heavy. And then we like toted a cooler between us. Sure, I don't remember the. Cooler. I, I'm pretty sure because we put we put the fish in the cooler. Wait a minute, did we get permission to fish? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Okay. To this day, we got permission to fish. Okay. So. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got you. I smell you. So, and this is like springtime. So the the fish in this pond are on bed, and to be a, a strip pit pond, it is surprisingly clear pond. and huge. It is huge. It is an old pond. The fish in it are that are in there. They are huge, and it's clear. It's like Smith Lake clear. You can see almost all the way to the it's bottom. It's actually more clear than Smith Lake because when we got out there on that barge that one time yeah you could literally see the bottom I don't oh, know yeah. how deep we was but we were deep and this is one of those ponds that are like overstocked you can throw a worm and catch like you can cast it eight the, times and the, catch nine fish the funny thing is though it's not stocked they've just reproduced at such well, a rapid rate when I say nothing, overstocked I, never, I mean it ain't yeah. been fished enough yeah. but I mean I, I've never seen a bluegill in there I haven't, I haven't either. They just eat each other. Yeah. Like, the big bass eat the little bass, and they yep. just keep replenishing because there's so many bass in that pond. It's yes. ridiculous. And that has a lot to do with nobody fishes that pond. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of his family members that he lets go back there, and then me and you back in the day. Yeah. I mean, he'd still let us go back there today if we asked him. Well, but we went to go there a while back, and there was no way we could get the boat back there. Yeah, we was actually going to pull my boat out there. and He did say we could put a flat bottom in there. I so have, we need to take your flat bottle. I have a flat bottle. And what we could actually do, if you wanted to, we could hook uh, your boat trailer up to like my truck and stick your four-wheeler in the back of my truck, drive down there, and then we can hook that trailer up to the four-wheeler and then pull it back there. That would work. I know. Because my four-wheeler will pull it. I know. <laughs> it pulled your truck. I know. <laughs> but anyway... Sorry guys, we, we just uh, yeah, it just it, off subject there a little yeah. bit, but but yeah. we were I don't know how long we've been there. We've been there all day. We were catching fish left and right. We've been there for a while. Yeah, we this was, I think it was about dark. This as is a matter of fact. Yeah, it was right, almost right at dark. I remember because by the time we got back to the truck, it was yeah, dark. it was solid. Yeah, it was pitch black. So we'd been out there fishing all day and. And we're catching fish left and right because there's so many fish in this pond. And we're not using nothing but mostly just Texas rig worm. So I I make my way around to the other side of the pond. And I see these fish on bed and they are huge. Like I'm like, at first I was like, that's not a bass. That can't be a bass. It's probably a carp. Now I got thinking, there's no carp in this pond. It's yeah, got to be a it's bass. covered in grass. Yeah. So I threw my little worm I had out there, and I was using a little Zoom ribbon tail worm, the small ones. And I was trying to mess with the fish, and the fish was just not interested. <laughs> so I was like, I remember. <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's a big fish. Big fish eat big baits. So I took the little worm off and swapped, and I had a young worm that was. Inch. It was a 12-inch worm. That's what I said. Yeah, 12-inch. 12-inch. Yeah, I remember because I remember it was he pulled huge. it out of the bag, and I was like, what is he doing with that? <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a little snake. Yeah. And it was and it was not it was not a small worm. It's like the, the tip of my rod, when I held it up, the tip of the rod was bent <laughs> over. I'm like, we're going to try this and see what happens. So I throw it out there, and the fish grabs it and starts swimming out of deeper water. So I set the hook. And I start fighting this thing, and I thought I've done hooked into Moby Dick. And I'm reeling that thing in, and I get it in, and it, I pick it up. It's like a six-pounder. And I was like, I'm thinking that I'm the greatest fisherman of all time. Now, I'm holding a six-pound bass, and I'm like, this is, this, it don't get no better than this. And at this time, I'm cussing. <laughs> you lucky, you know what? 
So he, he walks around there, and he's like, well, I'm going to come steal your fishing spot. <laughs> I'm like, you better not. But he comes around there. I decide, you know what, I'm going to keep this fish. So I put the fish in the cooler. Rewig my worm. I'm like, I'm going to throw this big old worm back out there just to see. Yeah, just to see what happens. I throw it out there. Something picks it up and starts swimming back to the deep. <laughs> I set the hook, and I pull it out of its mouth. And I was like, that ah, must be a small fish. Reel it back in, cast it out there at the same spot. Something picks it up, starts swimming out to the deep end. I set the hook again. This time I fight it for a second and it lets go. I was like, that. I'm sitting there thinking, that's got to be one of the small bass just grabbing this big worm by the tail, not yeah. getting a good bite on it. So I try it one more time. I throw it out there, wiggle it, I pick it up, or the fish picks it up start swimming to the deep end and then i set the hook and this time i've set the hook it's in there <laughs> and the way my pole bent it's never happened to me before and it will probably never happen to me again the way that pole bent i just looked at colton and was like this is a big fish <laughs> so i'm fighting this thing and i'm like giving it it's pulling drag and i'm i'm trying my best not to break the line and we're just going back and forth and i fought it for like 15 minutes it it, it seemed like a lot longer than that because i was so stressed out about this fish getting off my hook you were stressed out yeah i was stressed out well i thought i was stressed out and i'm and and the fish comes up to the top and i see how big it is and i'm like Oh my God! And I look over at Colton, and his eyes are just like look like watermelons. They're so big. <laughs> He's like, "Did you see the size of that fish?" I'm like, "Uh, yeah. I'm fighting the thing right now." I'm like, "He could have ate two of those big jumbo worms." Oh, I was yeah. eating. It was huge. Oh yeah. So I start fighting, and I, and I start. I hear something, and I, I'm not sure what I'm hearing. Just a, it was a lot of rustling on the ground. <laughs> And I'm like, what is going on? So in the middle of me trying to reel this fish in, I turn and I look, and Colton's over here taking his clothes off. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? As he takes his pants down, he's like, if I got to get in that water to get that fish, I'm going to get in that water, but I don't want to get my clothes wet. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm sitting here, I'm fighting a fish that ends up being 10 pounds after we weigh it, and then I got my buddy beside me butt naked. <laughs> And I, I'm I'm like I'm speechless on what to do here. Like yeah, I've, I've got a lot of women say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speechless. Yeah. And not in a good way though. No. <laughs> oh, but I'm like I, I'm at, right now I'm in a situation. I'm fighting the biggest fish of my life and then I have a naked man standing beside me. So I don't know <laughs> I'm 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 freaking out. <laughs> Uh, that wasn't the only 10-inch worm you said that <laughs> Maybe from the ground if you're laying on your stomach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But we finally got the thing in, and he didn't have to get in the water. No, I was just standing there naked. <laughs> he was under. He was... My feet wasn't even wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Oh, that is good times. And that was the biggest bass I've ever caught in my life. Yeah, that was the only big bass you've ever caught in your life. Oh, that's ridiculous, <laughs> and you know it. <laughs> All right, folks, stay with us. We're going to come back with the rest of the top five baits for fall bass fishing. Come on. What's up, everybody? Professional angler Colton Posey here. I'm here with the Blue Line Outdoorsman. Who doesn't love green rods? I like green rods. Even the people who use ducket like green rods. That's right. So even even skeet reese people like green rods. Yeah, and it's yellow. So come on with it. So guys, one thing that keeps me from being so tired on the water, um, impulse fishing rods. I absolutely love the product. I love the people there. Really good people. Guys, check them out at www.impulsefishingrods.com. All right, guys, welcome back here. We're going to finish up talking about these top five lures for fall time bass fishing turned into top 15 it's turned into the top 15 a little bit I but mean, I, my tongue was slapping my brain i've done got into it so well deep. stuff like this you can just talk on about and keep i mean there's there's a thousand different things you oh, can you actually fish about, with you don't want to ask me about fishing i mean I, uh, I, 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 oh but i, I do talk, oh, oh but i do does, and does. i'm gonna ask you help me <laughs> 
<laughs> help somebody help dude there's this guy i used to work with like literally anytime something happened and we had to actually like get up and work like he would Help. <laughs> help. Help me. Somebody help me. Oh, it used to make me so mad, too. Like, I'd be, like, vacuuming a car or something like that. You know, the vacuum's roaring. You can't hear nothing. He'd walk up behind me just, ah! <laughs> like, yo. <laughs> okay, so we went over top water. Mm-hmm. We went over shallow. Yep. And we went over medium depth. Yes. Now we're going to get into some deep stuff. Let's do it. Say the fish have moved out. We're on up in the day a little bit. You know, about, eh, let's say, like suspended in the creeks, in the ditches. Uh, something like that. Like, let's say we're about midday here, and, you know, fish are moved out a little bit, and say they're suspended over about 25 foot of water. What 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 are you going to throw to those deep suspended fish like that? Okay, so if I've recognized those fish have moved from the shallows and... They've suspended out in the creek channel over, um, if it's 40 foot, they're suspended over 25 foot or whatever. I'm, one of the biggest things I'm going to use is a drop shot. That's the easiest way to get fish fired up. Um, I choose to do, I think of it like mid-summer fishing. You know, you get those fish to bite. If you can get those fish to bite, it's going to be with a drop shot and they're going to be fired up. So you'll be able to catch them left and right, you know. One of the things I like to do with my drop shot, I like tying a barrel swivel about four foot above my hook. That keeps, you know how you say you hate throwing a drop shot because it gets tangled up? Yeah. That keeps you from tangling. You can throw it all day. Um, oh, why don't you tell me that stuff when we on the boat? You just don't want me to catch more fish than you. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, one of the things I want to do, um, I'm going to tie my leader maybe... Uh, maybe a foot or two foot, you know, nothing real, real far. I just want to be able to get down to them quick. I'm going to use something like a um, three-eight ounce to a half-ounce um, drop shot weight. And I like using a number one or number two wide gap um, KVD hook. Uh, it's made by Mustad. I'm a Gamakatsu fan, but that wide gap hook, I just do not miss as many fish with that wide gap hook. And you doesn't set the hook like you do, you know, on a Texas rig or anything like that. You just reel, reel, reel fast and start just pulling up. Let the fish set the hook on itself. The fish will set the hook on, on itself. Um, so the two lures that I like to use on it, I like either a yum kill shot, which is a very small profile shad imitating bait. Uh, you can get all kinds of different natural colors and shad colors also. But the other one that I like to use is the Strike King KVD Perfect Plastic. Um, it's it's basically like a worm, but it's shad patterned. And I just nose hook it, drop it down there to them, and sit there and just shake it. Uh, one of the things I do, I get on top of those fish with my Garmin where I can see the fish. I flip the bail on my spinning reel. And you can literally sit there and watch on your graph your lure drop down to them. And once it gets down there to them, I just close the reel and sit there and just shake it. I mean, you might have to shake it for five or ten minutes. You know, it's like going to the, what the kids say, going to the club. (laughs) (laughs) Might have to shake it for like five or ten minutes before somebody buys you a drink. Yeah. So just sit there and shake it eventually more than likely you're going to get a bite. And if you get that bite while you're fighting the fish when you get it close to the boat, be looking all around, see if that fish is following, or if another fish is following it. If it is, you've got them fired up. Just keep firing in on them. Mm-hmm. You'll sit there and catch them left and right. More than likely, they're going to be clones, though. So if you're in a tournament and you're searching for them big ones, if you catch one that's, you know, eight inches long, more than likely the rest of them is going to be eight inches. So keep moving down the creek or further out of the creek. You know, you'll get on right. another school of them. Right. Fire that one. So. What color, like, average average water. It ain't clear, but it ain't muddy. Okay. What what color on the drop shot? Translucent. Translucent. I'm going to use something maybe a little bit of white in it and see through. Okay. You know, maybe a little bit of, if uh, it's sunny outside, a little bit of flake. If it's not sunny, then Something they really got to get up on. Yeah. 
before they can actually tell what it is. Yeah, because I'm literally dropping it in front of their face. Right. You know, so I, I know they can see it. I just got to aggravate them enough to get them to bite it, you know. Now, <clears throat> on the drop shot, you know, you can use different, you know, types of soft plastics. Yeah. You can use, you know, crawls and mm-hmm. little minnow baits and... Which one would you prefer, or just does it just does it depend on where you're fishing at? Like, yeah, it, maybe use the crawl around rocks. Yeah, well, it, it um this time of year in the fall, the fish are sustained on bait fish, so I'm using anything that looks like a bait fish. Now, like I said earlier, if you get on a lake where it's mainly crawfish and um maybe crawfish minnow. Brim. Brim. Uh, affiliated, and there's really not that many shad or anything like that, then obviously they're going to focus on them. So you would want to go to a crawfish or brim imitating lure, which okay. the brim imitating lures are pretty much the same as the shad. You just want darker colors, chartreuse, stuff like that. Yeah, more natural look. Yes, very natural. Kind of like you, you Green greens and yellows, something like a perch maybe. Yeah, uh, purples. Yeah, and bluegill got a bunch of different color in them. Well, actually, once you get about 10 foot down in the water column, that purple actually turns almost to a black. So that has a lot to do with the lighting. It does. Okay. Now, if you go to like a bright, like a pink, yeah, then, you know, it's more of a flashy, I guess you would say. Yeah. uh, Okay. Purple. All right. Say, let's, let's do this. They're all the way on the bottom. They're eating off the bottom. 25 foot on the ledge or something? Yeah, they're eating off the bottom. Okay. And you're going to bounce something. You want to, you want to cast something out there and it's going to hit the bottom. You're going to pull it across the bottom. You're going to bounce it off the bottom. Nothing that's going to be floating or swimming through the water. Something that's on the bottom. What are you going to throw? If it's not really, really bad windy, a 3-8 ounce rugged jigs football head. Football head, okay. Now, if it's really windy, I want a half ounce. You know, obviously, I want my line tight where I can feel everything. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, same thing. Half, you know, rugged jigs, football head. I guess what, blue black or green pumpkin? Again, that goes to um, what they're feeding on. That's one thing, too, that I do like about rugged jigs. Not a lot of companies have shad colored jigs. He actually makes one called the Sinful Shad. I think that's what it's called. And it's white and chartreuse. Hmm. But it's a football head. So you can imitate basically just the dying shad on the bottom. So what I like to do. See, now I, I like that. You I know, do Because you go into, say you go into Bass Pro Shop or somewhere like that. And all they have or I mean, they have all the big name brand jigs, but. It don't matter what name brand, because they're all the same color. Yes. So they're all basically the same. Yeah, they're exactly the same. But then you got rugged jigs over here, hand tying lures, and just putting stuff together like that. Yeah. I mean, basically, what I like to do with that football head, like if I'm using like that shad colored football head, I like taking like a razor shad. Um, Z-Man bait, mm-hmm. you know, it's basically, if, or uh, even a Zoom Fluke or a um, Yum Breaking Shad, teaming it up with the same color, maybe like dip the tail in chartreuse, mm-hmm. and using it as a trailer, because when it's diving, it's nice. going down real fast, and especially the Z-Man uh, Razor Shad, mm-hmm. it's got rivets in the tail, so when it's going down, there's no boot tail like a... Um, uh, like a swim bait has, but when it's going down, it's literally fluttering real fast down, like it's swimming down real fast. Mm-hmm. And it hits the bottom, kicks up mud, and then you just barely move it, and it looks like one just coming up off the bottom dying. And so. we all know that them big bass, they love those. Yeah, <laughs> they I love kinda, those dying, those dying shad baits. Yeah, I kind of wish I wouldn't have told you that. I don't know why I told you that. I guess because I forgot that phone was on. But that's <laughs> one of the things that I use a lot of times that a lot of people don't have access to or think about. Well, I'm going to have access to one here shortly. <laughs> if I have to raid your tackle box before I leave. There you go. <clears throat> but, uh, but, 
you know, you don't you don't see stuff like that hardly yeah. in the store. Shad shad colored jigs. Uh, you know, I, I like people. You do in the swim jigs, and you do well, in the bladed jigs, but. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Something that you're just going to bounce off the bottom. I've seen, like, solid white jigs. Yeah. But, you know, those are, like, the only ones like that I've seen are, like, the real, real small ones. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then, don't get me wrong, them are good. And he, can, and he can make any color you ask for, right? Yeah, basically. I mean, he can't do nothing crazy, but, you know, uh, just about anything you need. I mean, you can contact him and he'll do his best on it uh there, there's a few things i was trying to uh get him to do that he just didn't have access to those materials at the time right let um, me ask which you which he might now one word okay jumbo yes he does have jumbo it's same. solid jumbo same. the head's painted with, uh, game over yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> game over the uh that's how i caught a lot of fish up on tennessee river this year oh i believe it's because i had a solid you know june bug and i was throwing like a rage tail mm-hmm Oh, uh, crawl and Jumbo color, just teaming it up, throwing it deep. Man, you can just, those smallmouth love it. But um, the Jumbo that he actually does, uh, a lot of companies, they just paint the head purple. Yeah. He actually paints the head purple and then adds that green flake in the head also. Okay. So it's like, it's like it flows. You know, it's not just it goes, solid. It all goes together. Yes. It, it look, not only does it look really good, it works really good. So, yeah. Yeah, we all buy lures that look really good. Yeah. I mean, we, we gripe about our women buying makeup and stuff like that, but we do the same thing. Like, oh, We're like, well, look, shiny, let's get it. It's yeah. got to work. It, oh, yeah. it looks so good. Yeah, it's Jumbo, just buy it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, if it's Jumbo color, it's going to work. So. You know one lure that I was thinking about the other day that I wish that was still made? Hmm. I want a lot of money off this lure. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Man, I can't remember what it's called. It was the ugliest called. thing you've ever seen in your I life. know what you're talking about. The, was it the Mighty Bug? The Young Mighty Bug. Yes, sir. I, yep, I remember that. I, I actually run out of them now. And um, I've gotten on the internet everywhere just trying to find people that has them. And nobody wants to get rid of them. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen you catch a lot of fish off those things. Dude, I won that big tournament in Gunnersville on it. Everybody, what set me apart that day, everybody else was throwing frogs. They threw frogs during practice and caught fish. They threw frogs, you know, um, outside during the tournament and caught fish. But the fish were conditioned to seeing those frogs, whether it was walking frogs, popping frogs, uh, any frog, everybody was just throwing it. So... To me, that mighty bug set me apart. You know, it had like six. What it was it? Six or eight legs? It has six. It had it had the four legs and then the uh, the uh, tentacles, which was basically another set of legs because they were the same size. Yeah. And I mean, I would just Texas rig that thing weightless and just throw it as deep as I could in cover, and then just slow reel it out, going across the top of the water. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just them things had a lot of. Action, action in those. A lot. They push a lot of water. Yep. So, back to our top five. If you only had five fishing poles in your boat, this time of year, starting from maybe top water all the way down to the very bottom, what would you tie on? Okay. Oh, if I just had like five poles, five reels, and a setup, um, whether monofilament or fluorocarbon, um, or braid, whichever one. I one of the things I'm gonna start with, buzz toe. Buzz toe for the top water. Gotta have the buzz toe for the top water. Number one, I can put that trolling motor on high. I can run and gun and catch fish. Okay. I mean, I might not get one or two bites. But usually they're biggins. Okay. I mean biggins. Like Zach Dawkins getting a dip big. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> That's pretty big. Yeah. Uh, All right. What What about your shallow, your shallow diving? What What are you putting on that rod? It's going to be a lucky strike or a lucky craft crankbait. Okay. Square bill. Um, shad colors, you know, the white chartreuse. Uh, even the American shad color is great. It's got a lot of flash to it. And depends on the size of what they're eating in the lake, too, depending on how it's, big you go. It's a lot of factors. The, what I tell people, if you know there's fish there, 
if you know for a fact there's fish there, you've seen them, you've been catching them there, whatever, and they're not biting, if you're throwing a white and chartreuse square bill, switch to a solid white, make about 10 casts. If you don't get bit, pick up one that's, you know, American Shad color, real flashy. Throw it out there. If you're not getting bitten 10 cats, you're using the wrong lure. Swap uh-huh. to something else. You know, usually, typically, if I'm in an area, I know there's fish there. If I'm not bitten 10 cats, I'm using something wrong. Okay. All right. Your medium depth bait Spin- on your third rod. Spinner bait. Going to go with a spinner bait? Spinner bait. Double wheel of leaf spinner bait. Yep. A- absolutely. Um, I've, you've got to have a, a spinner bait. Um, the will of leaf is, it, it's all about matching that hatch. The shad right. are moving fast. They're pulling to the back's pockets. They're, you know, here, there, everywhere. They're getting chased. That That's what you want. Is. And then silver and gold, depending on your water clarity. So Yeah. So, you know, if it's, just keep it real simple. The easiest way to remember it, if it's muddy, you want gold. Right. If it's not muddy if the water's clear or semi-clear stick to your silvers it no matter if it's sunny or not sunny okay all right you deep depth pole number four something deep jerk bait jerk bait all the way huh it, it, like i said earlier it depends on how the fish are positioned but the jerk bait has uh definitely um one of my top uh, okay. go-to lures for uh, deep divers okay and for those fish feeding on bottom a jig, jig. Or, well let me rephrase that uh me personally it's gonna be a deep diving crankbait deep diving crankbait something that you can bounce off the bottom drag through the mud and kick up a bunch of mess well me i can't spend a lot of time in one area so I want to catch those fish that are aggressive, mm-hmm. no matter what. So it's going to be a, a crankbait. Number one, if you're using those big crankbaits and moving a lot of water, and the thing about it is now you can buy the clear crankbaits yep. and you know customize them yourself to make it look like a ball of shad mm-hmm. or anything like that moving. And the fish, they either got to eat it or get out of the way. Right. There's there's one or two things going to happen. That's like if I toss something in the air up at you and you try to catch it, that's just instinct. Fish are the same way when it comes to, you know, they're, it's a predatory instinct. All right. Well, that's it. That's Colton Posey's top five lures for fall bass fishing. Uh, we will get another episode out to you next week. But until then, y'all be safe and thank you for listening.